And there it is. We're here. It is a beautiful, beautiful Monday. Uh, had a great weekend. Hope you all did too. Uh, we're going to be having some fun here. It's just me today. I don't have a guest. So uh, I get to take the show and uh, run with it and see where I'm going to go. Um, you know what? I'm just going to launch the video and we'll tune in. We'll see how it goes. Have Practicing polyamory. Real life perspectives from the imperfect people of polyamory. The mission of the Practicing Polyamory podcast is to provide a platform for all of the real-life, flawed humans that practice polyamory so that we might all learn from one another and grow as a community. Enjoy the show. All right, you all know that that song always gets me dancing. So, uh, welcome, welcome, welcome to this beautiful Monday. Before we jump in, I was going to say in chat with today's guest, but we don't have a guest. So uh, just quickly remind everybody to please follow the show on all social media platforms, uh, especially on Facebook and Instagram. That's where I'm most active. I'm trying to get better at the TikTok. That's fun. Uh, but you can find us everywhere at Practicing Polyay. Following and sharing our content is a free and easy way to support the show. Speaking of free and easy ways to support the show, the best way is to subscribe and share. If you find value in what we're doing here, share it with your polycule, share it with your friends, Share it far and wide, and especially in all of your poly Facebook groups, which, which we'll be talking about today. Uh, and don't forget to subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever it is that you download the podcasts. I also want to announce that scheduling for season one of the Practicing Polyamory podcast is almost closed. My mission is to get as many differing and inclusive voices on the show, and I need help to get some POC representation up in here. If you are a person of color and would like to tell your story, hit me up. And for the record, next season is going to be a lot different in that sense. I promise you that. Lastly, and as always, I want to remind you, if you are listening to this podcast, you are a welcome guest to be on the show. My job as your host is to be actively inclusive and get as many voices as possible to speak here because I know that the more stories we hear, the more representation we'll have, the more others will see themselves in us and the better we can serve our community. So, POC folks, go to practicingpolyamory.com. Sign up today for the last few spots available in Season 1, which ends on Halloween. All right. That is it. That's the intro. I'm always going to do that part. Uh, you know, it gets me a little bit hyped up. And, you know, pretty soon I'm going to be even more hyped because uh, there's going to be some changes going on with our podcasting schedule. Not this podcast, but the other one, uh, the Business Bros Pod. And uh, it's going to make things interesting and fun and different. But... All right, so today, 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 I want to talk about just some things that I've been seeing in our community, uh, some things that I have been noticing, some trends that are kind of uh, bothering me, I guess, uh, is the word that I'm going to use, uh, and it kind of revolves around these topics. We're talking about newbies, rules, unicorn hunting, OPP. You down with OPP? I ain't down with OPP. What's OPP? One penis policies uh, and gatekeeping. So um, I did kind of prep something. I'm I'm gonna be going back and forth, reading it, not reading it, whatever. Uh, just kind of going with it. But basically, here's the thing. Here's what we've got. It's nothing new in our community to see fresh faces with these wondrous, lustful eyes, right? Everybody's all excited. They're odd. They're mesmerized. But they're ignorant and naive to our polyamorous norms and customs. So tell me what you all think. You know what? Let me throw this up here. Uh, this is a semi-open conversation. If you've got questions, ask them. Ask me some questions. You'll get the answer live on the show. So how many times have you seen this in your Facebook groups? Hey there, wife here. My hubby and I are looking for dot, dot, dot. 
fill in the blank, but you already know where that goes. Or maybe this one. Hi, I'm new. I want to learn about Polly, and my partner and I have set up these rules as we get started. All of a sudden, we hear that word rules, and the community's like, what? Rules? Ew, oh my god, Groose, how dare you? You're obviously in a toxic environment. You need to get out, right? Hear that all the time? See that all the time? Or perhaps the worst offender. Hey, any single females up in here? <laughs> all right, I got to admit, that last one... That always makes me laugh. Like, dude, come on. You're in a poly space. First of all, stop calling women females, right? First of all. And secondly, even if there are single women in this group, they're polyamorous. And FYI, unless those unpartnered women are gay, you probably won't be the only dick in their life, okay? Just breaking that news to you. Sorry to mention, okay? <laughs> and not to mention, uh, as Jessica from Remodeled said in her Instagram post today, follow at Remodeled Love for all of her wonderful hilarity. Uh, the sapphic love is real, and another human with a vagina will probably fuck your girl up more than your dick ever could. I'm just gonna go right out here and say it. All right, I'm digressing. What's my point here? What am I getting to? My point is this. As a community, a disturbing pattern that I keep seeing is attacks on people who come to our Facebook groups with the intent to learn. Now, admittedly, sometimes they ask some really inane questions in the most Neanderthalic ways, right? They just, they ask their questions in the ways that just definitely trigger people, gets things going. Uh, but if we can take a moment to look past the way that they ask their questions and see that they're coming from a place of curiosity and learning, Maybe we won't be so quick to push so many of those newer folks out of our communities before they have a chance to learn how to be the best polyamorists that they can be. Uh, okay, so I thought I had questions, but nope, just somebody wants me to buy followers and be famous. Whatever, go away. Um, <laughs> all right, now look, there's a huge difference between someone who is practiced in polyamory, who should know better based on their time in our spaces and someone who's brand new on the scene and really has no idea how this thing is supposed to go. There are absolutely some predators out there, abusers who know how to manipulate and gaslight and do some really fucked up shit. Those people are neither wanted nor welcomed to our community. I'm sure I speak for more than just myself when I say so. However, many, many polyam people have started out as a couple looking for a third. Maybe that was you. Maybe it wasn't. When my partner and I first opened up, we started with swinging and we fell into that typical trope of looking for the hot by babe. Thank you, Dr. Eli. And if you haven't already, uh, if you want to learn about your bonding style, go to bondingproject.com. Shout out to Dr. Eli Chef. Uh, lucky for my partner and me, we quickly realized that seeking the hot by babe was an old and tired trope. And we quickly let go of the idea that it was the best or even the only way to be non-monogamous was to have another girl involved. Like th th that's just not how it works, right? Where where's where's that thing at? That's not how it works. That's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. We know that. We know this. So we were not alone. My partner and I, we were not alone. Uh, and we're still not. This line of thinking is admittedly inaccurate and potentially harmful. Uh, to think that the only way, the best way to open up a heteronormative relationship is to find a third. You know this. I know this. Most of us who have been practicing polyamory for any significant time know this. But newbies, at least a lot of newbies, 
They just don't know this yet. Something's happening right now in our community, in our world, in our society at large. The term polyamory is picking up steam. More and more people are learning about our lifestyle thanks to representation uh, from people like Willow Smith, the Red Table Talk, Leanne from Polyphilia Blog, who I'll be speaking to later this week, Ezra Miller, the dude who played uh, The Flash in the Justice League, that awesome 420 thruple getting ready to be parents. Uh, they're at polyam.us, uh, polyam.us. They're awesome. Uh, and all of us, all of us creators and educators who are creating content and representation, I believe, in the hopes of normalizing and destigmatizing our relationship choices. So more and more people are catching on, and we can expect more and more new faces to start showing up in our spaces. New faces, new spaces. Yeah, something like that. I'm Shakespeare. What do you want from me? Uh, new folks entering the polyamorous space absolutely need to take time to educate themselves. This is this is fact. You, if you are entering into this new space, you need to take that time to educate yourself. Claire from uh, Polypages, who I had on the show last week, she recently posted some steps that newly open couples or those looking to explore non-monogamy, if non-monogamy is for them and want to try it with a third, uh, these are things that they can do. She suggested new couples can hire a relationship coach or a therapist to help them navigate the transition in their lives. Another suggestion was to hire a sex worker who could help the couple experience that fantasy threesome. This way, there's no way, no risk of hurting an unsuspecting third party if and when couples privilege, in other words, the need to protect the marriage at the cost of the other person involved. If that couple's privilege arises, well, you're with a sex worker, you're fine. You're not going to hurt anybody's feelings. Okay. That's, that's the idea. Uh, of course, there are several good books to read. Pick up a copy of The Ethical Slut and read along with the Polly Pages podcast, season one. Uh, do some research on the way that Franklin Vo abused many of his partners and then read More Than Two by Eve Rickert. Uh, read Love's Not Colorblind by Kevin Patterson and go to blackandpoly.org to learn how to be a good ally in the polyamorous community. And of course, check out The Polyamorous Next Door by Dr. Elizabeth Sheff. Uh, to hear 20 years of polyamorous research condensed into several hundred pages. And of course, maybe the newest book is Polysecure by Jessica Fern, talking about attachment styles in polyamory. That's just scratching the surface. There's so much more still out there. Uh, binge, no, devour the multi-amory podcast. Listen to as many polyamory podcasts as you can. Polycurious, Remodeled, Polypages, Polyamory Weekly, Making Polyamorous Work, uh, making polyamory work, the savage love cast, normal, normalizing non-monogamy. Oh, and of course, practicing polyamory. Don't forget that one. Uh, okay, okay. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Okay, okay, okay. So these newbies, they've listened to the podcast. They've read the books. Hopefully by now they're armed with enough knowledge not to metaphorically walk into a poly Facebook group and ask, my wife and I are looking for a third. Initiate eye roll. All right. Rules is another thing that people get beat up for in the groups. I'm going to start by defining rules and by comparison agreements and boundaries as well. So uh, you'll hear this all over the place. This is my take on it. Beat me up if you want to. Uh, rules are the result of one person exercising their perceived power and authority over another person. 
For example, let's say I have trauma attached to marijuana for whatever reason. If I tell my partner, you're not allowed to smoke, nor are you allowed to date someone who smokes weed. In that case, I'm instituting a rule. If my partner starts smoking or starts dating someone who does, we can expect a fight. Whether my partner agrees with this or not is often in irrelevant when it comes to making these types of rules. I just make these rules arbitrarily almost against this other person, what they can and cannot do. Uh, we see this a lot in couples privilege a lot. The couple will make a rule against what that third person coming into their relationship can or cannot do. This is why those types of relationships are toxic and in, in many ways dangerous. And that's, you know, basically the epitome of couples privilege. So rules, right? By contrast, maybe my partner has similar trauma and neither of us wants to be involved with anyone, be it friends, family, or romantic relationships who frequently uses marijuana. Cool. So we're agreed. An agreement then is something that two people can decide works for their relationship and breaking such an agreement would be considered a betrayal. Here in the agreements is where the gray area for cheating might occur. Um, basically, it comes down to what constitutes cheating. You and your partners would have to agree on what that definition might be. Is it cheating to flirt and chat online and send sexy pictures? To you, that might be cheating. To me, I might not be, I might not think it's a big deal. So again, we have these agreements, right? Is it cheating to have protected sex, or is it only cheating if it's unprotected? You got to come up with those agreements. Is making out at a bar or a party cheating, right? All of these things, these are all things for you and your partners to decide. Okay, so we've got rules, and then we've got agreements. Done. The last one is boundaries. Boundaries are my hard stop. Boundaries are my line in the sand. This is what I am not willing to accept in a relationship. So going back to our weed example, I will not be in a relationship with someone who uses marijuana. That's my boundary. It has nothing to do with my other partners. This is a boundary that I've set for myself to protect myself. If someone crosses that boundary, it's up to me to get out of that relationship or that situation. If you want a deeper discussion on these terms, once again, check out the Multi-Amory podcast, uh, episodes 68, 178, and 227 by my Google search. My point is this. When folks new to polyamory come into our circles, our Facebook groups, our online communities, they haven't always done this research and learned all of these terms. They use the terms interchangeably, oftentimes completely incorrectly, and they're so often met with admonishments and vitriol that the comment sections get disabled and they leave the group feeling like the community they thought they'd found just exercise them like a friggin' demon. So my charge to you listeners out there is we have to be better. Our communities are growing. Our representation is expanding. Polyamorous visibility is still in its infancy, and people will continue to discover that monogamy is not the only option in greater and greater numbers yet. My desire is for the various communities that we've created to be safe spaces will continue to shine as beacons of hope, safety, and security. Polyamorous culture is, in a lot of ways, yet to be defined, and it's up to us to make our culture welcoming and inviting if we want to see more good people be a part of it. I understand that it's a fine line to walk. We have to maintain vigilance for abuse and abusers, but we need also to empathize and educate those who come seeking community, guidance, support, and have yet to realize how much they need to unlearn 
before they can fully embrace what polyamory is and what polyamory will force them to learn. So they need to unlearn before they can really learn. <laughs> I kind of worry about uh, the gatekeepers of our communities. Who has the answer of what's the right way to be polyamorous? A lot of people, whether you agree or not, really want to be in a closed triad. Some of us want to be SOPO, right? Solo polyamorous or relationship anarchists. There are folks who want to raise families and a closed quad is where it's at for them. And still others are open to any and all possibilities and forms of relationships that they might encounter. When a person says that they want that closed triad, when they mention that in the Facebook groups, when they say, hey, I'm looking for a closed triad. Oh, I feel sorry for them. I feel so bad for them. I, I just I can see it writing on the wall. They are viciously attacked and either expelled from the group or they leave the group on their own. But why? I ask you why? <laughs> why do we attack them when they come to learn? See, I think that in all likelihood, they're just ignorant. They don't know what they don't know. And when we instantly attack them for what they say they want, we take away their opportunity to learn. Are unicorn hunting and one penis policies generally unethical? Of course they are. I'm not here asking you to make exceptions or to allow these practices to continue unchecked. There's a reason why these ideologies are frowned upon in our community. And if you're a listener who wants to defend either of those, I will be happy to chat with you about it privately. What I'm asking is that we offer grace and empathy to our newer polyam folks. As veterans, right, most of us listening, I think, are veterans, part of our inherent responsibility is to create the culture that will become our legacy. If we continue with the patterns that I've seen lately, I'm afraid that a common polyamory stereotype will be stuck up, holier-than-thou assholes who instantly attack anyone that doesn't agree with them. That is not the taste that I want to leave Oh, that was going to come out wrong. That's not what I want to leave behind. That's not the legacy that I want to leave behind. Um, and when it comes right down to it, seeing as this relationship style, polyamory, our relationship style, lends itself to love more than anything else, I'm challenging you to approach those who are asking these newbie questions from a place of love. Someone wants to have a one penis policy in their relationship? Okay. Rather than instantly attack them and tell them how it's based in toxic masculinity and possessiveness and how wrong they are for ever wanting such a thing, ask yourself, how can I approach this person with love and empathy? How can I get the same point across to them without making them feel like a shitty piece of shit? Mama always said, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. I would pose that this way of thinking still stands. All right. Literally, that's all I have written up. Uh, I've still got 11 minutes left on the show. But that was my thing. That was, you know, the big thing that I wanted to talk about is there's a lot of, you know, I call it gatekeeping. I don't know how uh, people are going to feel about that term, but it's really something that, like, I see people asking genuine questions. People just want to know. People want to learn. People want to connect with certain types. And, you know... On the one hand, there's definitely those those times when it can be 
again, the unicorn hunting, the one penis policies, those things are based in, in, uh, toxic monogamy and, and, uh, toxic masculinity. And, you know, there's so many things that need to be broken down, but what worries me is that when people come asking these types of questions and they're instantly attacked, they don't want to learn about polyamory anymore. They're going to say, you know what? Screw that. I'm just going to go start cheating or start doing, you know, something else that uh, is somehow otherwise unethical. If we as a community can just take the time to listen, to learn, to be empathetic, to, uh, you know, not beat people up as soon as they enter the chat with, you know, their, their misconceptions, we can take those folks and give them that opportunity, give them that leg up. Uh, part of, part of community is mentorship, right? That's part of what we're here to do is to help other people get to the place where, where they want to be, you know? And, and a lot of times that, includes unlearning the things that they thought they wanted when i first got into polyamory when i first you know started in my non-monogamous journey i was the same way i was that guy that was like oh yeah no 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 I, we should just get another girl that'll be the best thing because you know who doesn't want that right what guy doesn't want that and it took a lot of me unlearning the things that i'd been taught and uh you know putting myself in situations, putting myself in myself in, um, in environments where that kind of thinking was challenged over and over and over again. Um, and you know, to that point on the other side of it, those new folks who are joining and uh, want to be part of the community, you all need to come to the community with an open mind as well. You all need to be ready to break down all of those beliefs that you think you have, all of those beliefs that you have had for however long that you've been on this planet. Society has taught us that this is the way monogamy is the way. And, you know, we, we've all been taught the same things over and over and over again. The toxic masculinity that I keep talking about, the homophobia, right? All of these things are real. The transphobia, these things are real. Racism is real, right? All of these things are real. Maybe you don't experience it, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. And so when you come to the community, when you want to be a part of the community, you need to be willing to question your own beliefs. I remember uh, there was a time when I was pretty homophobic, homophobic myself, straight up. I, I've told so many people this, and I'll put it right here on blast on, uh, you know, so I come from a conservative family, right? And I spent almost eight years in the Navy and military, pretty conservative, right? Generally speaking, again, overarching stereotype, whatever. Um, and so I have a lot of these thoughts and ideas and beliefs that since then I've let go, but one of them was, you know, homophobic. I remember having a conversation with, uh, can't remember the thing. We were just dating at the time. So she was my girlfriend at the time. Um, and I remember saying something to her along the lines of it's okay. If they're gay, just be gay over there where I can't see them. Right. Mm. Mm. I, you know, I'm embarrassed now. 
you know, to think that that's, that was my line of thinking. Um, and you know, the girl that I was dating, who I made her married, um, she cried. She just started crying like right there on the spot. She couldn't believe that I would say something like that. And that caused me to question that belief. Why did I believe that way? Why did I think that way? And when I realized that there really wasn't a specific reason, it was just something that I had been taught and preached, you know, in my younger years, I remember, you know, being gay was an insult, right? Like you'd be like, oh, that's so gay, whatever, right? Like, so, so for for homosexuality in general was just something that was like beyond frowned upon. Like you got bullied for it. You got made fun of for it. And so, you know, it was that type of thinking that I had to, again, unlearn. Right. And now I have no problem with it. I go to the gay bar. Well, I haven't been there since, uh, since the pandemic, but, uh, now that I'm fully vaccinated, I can go back. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, but you know, it took me going to the gay bar. It took me going to number one in Hillcrest over and over and over again. And like putting myself in this situation where that just, it, it, it becomes normalized. And I think that's a, that's a lot of what we're doing here anyway, is normalizing polyamory. This is what we're working towards. And, you know, as again, more and more people start learning about it, more and more people start uh, coming into the fray, if you will, uh, it's up to us to make sure that we guide them along these paths, right? It's up to us to make sure that we challenge these lines of thinking, these ways of thinking in much the same way. And it's up to the people that are coming in that are, that are, that are, exploring polyamory to open their minds as well and realize that you know what straight love straight heteronormative love is not the only kind that exists and it's not you know love is love right love is love that's why i'm gonna go away for a half a second that's why that rainbow's there because love is love is love is love and I love love. And so, you know, uh, with Pride Pride Month coming up, that's pretty exciting, a, a week and a day from today. Um, there's going to be a lot of stuff uh, that um, we're going to be talking about even more. Uh, but yeah, so, so, so again, unlearning those beliefs, unlearning those tropes, unlearning all of that stuff, and opening your mind to all of these different things that polyamory can be and probably will be very, very different from your, uh, you know, two girls and one guy expectations. All right. I think that I'm about done uh, rambling and ranting. So uh, I'm just going to say thank you, as always, to our live audience for tuning in today. Um, as a reminder, when we're live, you get no commercial interruptions. The same cannot be said for those podcast downloads. So if you want to avoid the commercial interruptions, be sure to catch us live Monday through Wednesday or sign up for Patreon where you get access to our commercial-free RSS feed and support the show. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube, wherever it is that you download your podcast, if you haven't already. And please leave us a review. Really, really going to appreciate that. And, uh, you know, drop some comments. Let me know what you think. Um, shoot me a message on the Practicing Poly Polyamory Facebook page, uh, at Practicing Polyamory on Instagram. I, I you know, whatever. I, I want to know what y'all think about this. So hit me up. Let me know. And uh, maybe I... You can't handle the truth. 
Maybe I can't. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but let me know what y'all think. Uh, would love to hear from you. Thanks for tuning in. Have a nice day. Thank you for tuning in to the Practicing Polyamory podcast. Would you or someone in your polycule like to be a guest? Sign up at practicingpolyamory.com and join the conversation. Please support us by subscribing, liking, and following us on social media at Practicing Polya by clicking any of the affiliate links on our website or by subscribing at patreon.com slash practicingpolya.